0: You know, we're grateful for um, what God is doing and uh, what he has done. You know, there's, there's lots of opportunities to be discouraged, you know? We have, because, well, it, we, just, we just have them. Because we have opportunities to be discouraged because uh, what we are expecting, you know, doesn't happen. Um, doesn't come to pass, you know? So we have opportunity to give in to those discouragements to whatever it is that we are looking for or expecting or it didn't happen the way that we wanted, you know, and things like that. It's interesting. um, I was thinking of leaving this until New Year's Eve, but I'll forget it by then. But uh, (laughs) whenever we think of uh, the new year, the new year, uh, we often think of new beginnings, and, and the reason for that is um, we have a, we, the only thing that changes is the day on the calendar, <laughs> and the thing that changes is from one year to another year, and it's the beginning of a new year. But we're bringing with it the same old stuff. <laughs> you know, why is this year going to be? Why is the new year going to be better than the old year? It's the same person living each day, but we find that in Christ we have a new beginning because there's a new person living inside the new person is christ creation and christ born and that the, the that we are we are this person that has been saved changed um forgiven whatever we want to call it and and placed in a new life with a new hope and and uh, and new goals and new procedures a new way of looking at things so Everything changes, so every day is a new day with with Christ and for us. So, the scripture that I have this morning is one that we're very familiar with and one that's often cited in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. So, the title of my message is Heaven on Earth. (laughs) Heaven on Earth. Now, there are beliefs that um, say that God isn't really going to create a new heaven and new earth. He's simply going to save enough people here on earth and this earth is going to become heaven on earth. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. Heaven on earth is that God is in us and we are the hope of God and the hope of God's... um, The the person to whom God is evangelizing the world is us. So in this prayer, if you you look at it in in certain ways, you see that your kingdom come means that God, your kingdom, you're the king of this kingdom, God, and that um, it is a domain in which you are supreme. And it is going to come, it is going to be welcomed, but it's coming into our lives, not into the world around us. You see, and whenever we see that the kingdom of God or the heaven on earth is in us, we can't look at the world around us and judge if God is achieving his goal. Because it's something that we have to look at inside of us. What is God achieving in our lives? Okay? How are we being changed from the inside out? Uh, anybody ever flown in an airplane? Big plane? Anybody? Yeah? Do you know how high you were in the plane? 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 feet? Now, why didn't you just open all the windows? (laughs) Why? Because you're in an atmosphere where you can't survive. But inside the plane, you can survive. Why? Because the plane maintains the atmosphere that you're used to. Well, We are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are in an atmosphere that, you know, you look around us and we're not we don't think like the world thinks. We don't have a a a, a view that tells us that, you know, nothing is ever going to be good. We've got to if we don't vote in or have the right person in in, in leadership in our in our congregation, in our community, in our state, in our nation, you know, if we don't have the right God, you know, the world can't survive with those other people being in office. (laughs) But that's not true. Our world is going to survive whether we put in office the one we think or not. Now, one of the things that I I heard or read this week was uh, some people where, you know, they were some evil, you know, I don't want to call them whatever they called themselves, but they were going to get together and they were going to, you know, pray to their God and, and put a, something on the uh, Kavanaugh and his family and all this kind of stuff. You know, I want to tell you something. The devil can't curse what God has blessed. Now, we say, well, we don't know if he's blessed or not. Well, you bless him. <laughs> you cover him with God's... You cover he and his family with the blood of Christ. You cover him so that evil cannot cannot touch him or any of our officials. It doesn't, you know, because evil has an agenda, and the agenda is to destroy that which is good. (laughs) So we, for people, you know, the Bible says to pray for those who are in leadership over you because it will go well with you. (laughs) And, And God wants us to have a good government so that we can be at peace. Now, we don't have to agree, but we need to pray for No matter who is in office, no matter who's in leadership, whether it's the the policeman or the mayor of our our town or of our borough or whatever, we need to pray for them. Well, what if we don't like them? That's your problem. (laughs) We need to pray for them. Pray that God would cover them, use them, lead them because that's our responsibility as a Christian. We are in this world But we're not of the world. The world says, if they don't like you, you don't like them. The world says, get even. Carry a grudge. Get angry. Fight for your rights. The Bible says we are to fight those the good fight of faith, and if those are going to impede the rights of, of Christianity, of serving God and having the right of religious freedom, then we need, uh, you know, we need to fight. But because somebody's different than our political opinion, they're not to go out there and fight. We're to go out there and pray for them that, and that God would anoint them and help them in their leadership. You see, we have a responsibility. We are heaven on earth. We are heaven on earth. Because God is in us. His kingdom has come into our life. And we believe for God's will to be done in us, in earth, as it is in heaven. Now, the, the, there's some, you know, again, you, you can sometimes people look at this as semantics, semantics. But in earth, what are we made out of? Dirt. Dirt. <laughs> from dust you came and dust you're going so in earth is that we in us allow the kingdom of God that God's will be done in us as it is in heaven meaning that in heaven there's no restrictions to what God wants to be done what, what God wants done none so in us God help me not to have any restrictions Whenever you think, okay, if I ask you to um, come up here and speak, oh, you know. Jim, come on up here and speak. Jim would go, I ain't going up there. <laughs> Bobby, come on up here and speak. Walt, come on up. Tabby, come on up here. Everybody goes, well, I can't do that because we put restrictions. That's not our personality, that's not our calling, that's not... But you see, what God calls us to do... Now, I I called you to do that, so this is not God calling you, okay? Don't interfere with that, don't misinterpret that. But what God would call us to do, he gives us the ability to perform. So when God wants us to forgive, he helps us to forgive. You know, God's kingdom, no restrictions. So what God would ask us to do, there are to be no hindrances for that to take place. If, you know, and and if I look back over my life, there are, you know, to be where I'm at, to do what I've done in the last years and, you know, all those types of things. When I was a teenager, there was no way that was ever going to happen. But it did happen. Because in the process of becoming, you go through all these circumstances and so on. Now, we look at our world. We look at our world and we say everyone has an opinion (laughs) and everyone is a critic. And there are critics, you know, critics are people who just kind of differ with everybody except themselves. And uh, so we live in an atmosphere of forgiveness, of understanding, of grace and mercy and praise and prayer. And it's hard to be better (laughs) when we venture out. It's hard to be. Oh, it's hard to breathe. There we go can't read my writing it's hard to breathe when we venture out of our atmosphere (laughs) and when we venture out of our atmospheres whenever we venture out of our presence our relationship with God and the reason it's hard to breathe is God is the breath of life that breathes in our soul and we're used to the oxygen that comes from the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit breathes in us, he breathes in the breath of life, and we become a living soul. And when we venture out to places where a living soul that is with God is, it's hard for us to breathe, <laughs> because it's not the pure oxygen. It's, it's something different, and, and it doesn't set right with our soul. And so we move out, we want to move out of there. We don't, we don't belong there, because we're not of that atmosphere. Okay? Got that? All right. Isn't that a good thought? Thank you. I thought you would say amen. amen. Amen! Thank you. Yes. Okay. So if we then move out of that atmosphere, part of this atmosphere that we, in, that we live in, uh, hopefully, you know, and we don't have this here, okay? But, you know, some people are so caught up in church, they forget their relationship with God. And then they become a critic. <laughs> and then they become possessive. And then they think that what the church is, is theirs. This isn't mine. It isn't yours. It's God's. And when people get off center and don't focus on, on God and following the cross, they get lost and they don't breathe the oxygen of Christ. So in our world, I don't want to miss this part. This is a good part here. I had written it down, okay? Very important. Um, in our world, everyone has an opinion. People try to get an audience. There's Snapchat. You didn't think I knew these things. There's. I wanted to write them down so that you would know that I'm not as, Old as i look there's snapchat instagram texting email is there anything other than that messenger what else facebook see i forgot all those twitter so we got all these accounts all these things at our fingertips they're in this little box do you know i i don't have my little, my my phone with me it's in the office there because sometimes it would ring and I'm up here, you know. <laughs> I can only fake it so many times and say, hello, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, in that little box is more computers and greater computer capacity than was in the, that was in the Apollo moon mission. The little box we carry around has a greater capacity than the satellites and the... Rovers and all those things that they sent to the moon. <laughs> if they'd have had that little box, they'd have made it there and back in half the time. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't know that. So anyhow, uh, our challenge is not in our witness for Christ in the atmosphere that we live in. Our challenge is not to be preachy, <laughs> but to be a witness for Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. You see, the songs that we sing, they're telling us the story. They're giving us the message, but sometimes... We're just used to saying the words. Well, the other day, you ever been offended? The other day I was offended. I was offended. Do you know what I was offended by? I'll tell you. (laughs) With bated breath. I don't know why, I enjoy today, you know. (laughs) But anyhow... I was offended. You know what I was offended by? I was offended by a TV preacher. I was greatly offended. I, turned, it, I turned in the channel and there he was. He was this young guy. He had long blonde hair down below his shoulders. He was kind of combed. He had on a T-shirt that was kind of ragged. He had blue jeans on that were tore at the knees, you know, tore apart at the knees. He had tattoos And I looked at that, and I said, God, see, I was offended because I knew God would be offended. (laughs) That's when we know we're in trouble, (laughs) when we think that God is offended by what offends us. Well, but the idea is, you know, I looked at that, and I go, okay, here we go. What does this guy have to say? And he was good. He was a good speaker. And, you know, he had thousands of people in the audience, (laughs) And me, I'm, I'm perfect, and, you know, I don't have thousands of people. <laughs> to those of you who are watching, yeah, that's a joke. Okay, but anyhow, I'm not perfect. But I do have thousands of people up here. You see, as a preacher, you never preach to the people who sit in your congregation. You preach to the one that's in your heart, in your mind. You know, and so... To me, you represent thousands of people. <laughs> to me, what I prepare for is thousands of people because to prepare for thousands of people, you have to speak to one. <laughs> you see, you have to speak to one individual. And every individual continues to multiply and become more and more. And in our lives, in our witness for Christ, we are not preaching to the multitudes, we are talking to one person. We're telling them our story about Jesus. It's all about you. It's, we're, telling, we're telling other people about um, what's going on in our life, how that God has worked in our life. Now, to be offended, okay? To be offended is like putting a needle in your eye. Doesn't that just cause you to jump back? Everybody, you know, Rhonda should be here. When she, remember, well, I don't think she did. When we moved here, did she, was her eye crooked? Yeah, she had to have eye surgery a couple of times. And she said the hardest thing was this guy would come at you with a, a needle to put in her eye, and he would tell her, don't blink. Okay? Now, being offended is like having a needle coming to your eye and say, oh don't, don't close your eye. <laughs> being offended causes us to pull back. And we distance ourselves. And, you know, we don't need to be offended. Jesus was offended. He came to his own and his own refused him. He came and they, put, they, they killed him. <laughs> they were so offended. But Jesus said, you know, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So whenever we are offended, we, we pull away from. Now, the challenge is for us, we need to look at what we're offended by. And recognize that whether it's an offense that is legitimate or not, you know, we, we should be offended by people, murderers and, you know, people who are rapists and, you know, people. that we, we are offended at the evil that is here and we pray against that evil, but we don't run away from it. We go towards it because Jesus comes to us. He, came, he comes to save the sinner. He came, he came to save the worst of sinners, the chief of sinners. So these people that we are pulling back from because they offend us, God is saying, don't be offended. I love them just as much as I love you. (laughs) And you see, that which offends us causes us to, there's something inside of us that we don't go there. And perhaps God wants us to go there and heal the hurt. You know, when we're offended, sometimes I think it's more about hurt and pain. And, you know, so don't allow the offense to dictate where you're going with your life. See, don't allow your offense, people who offend you, people that you don't like, you have a reason you don't like them, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go and camp out in their house and tell them how lovely they are. You know, there's a reason why they're in a different place. <laughs> you know, we don't have to go there and live there, but we do need to pray for them. You know, we pray for the people in the bar. It doesn't mean we go there and, and sit down there with them, you know. It doesn't, you know, we pray for the people, the, the, those in prison and for others. We pray for them and, and we try to uphold them that God would change them. We pray that the blood of Jesus Christ would be over our officials and over the Supreme Court and pray that they would be able to understand justice. You see, there, there is a... Um, There's an importance in what we do. There's an importance of what we do and and who we are. And, you know, the things we're offended by, we generally don't pray for. (laughs) You know, the people that offend us, we generally don't pray for them. But in reality, they should be number one on our prayer, prayer, prayer list. And what they do, we pray for the healing in our hearts so we're not offended anymore. Jesus on the cross, Father forgive them. He could have been offended by that. You know. So I thought of this one here too. Who do you think you are? Did you do that yesterday? Just who do you think you are? Did you you know I you know, any time I ever heard that it was in a negative connotation. Do you think you're too good to go out there? (laughs) Uh, I remember um, 10 minutes. Okay, (laughs) I won't go there. But who do you think you are? Now, we need to look at that in a positive light. Who do you know you are? You are a child of God. Who do you think you are? Well, I'm a child of God. Okay, his promises are promises to me. It's a a positive heaven on earth. (laughs) It's a positive thought. Who do you think you are? I am God's child. I am heaven on earth. When someone hurts you, God hurts. See, that's why being offended, God isn't necessarily hurt, but we're pulling away from. See, I was offended by that guy on TV. I almost turned the channel but God wasn't offended by that guy. In fact, he anointed him. (laughs) Time I got done listening to him, I thought he was pretty good. (laughs) So God had anointed him, and I was offended by him, so God wasn't offended by how that guy looked. So why should I be offended by the way that guy looks? (laughs) Um, So when someone hurts you, God hurts. So if it's a legitimate hurt, God is hurting if they're against you because you're a Christian, <laughs> I remember one, one boss I had at the, at the hospital, he said, I'll never have a Christian work for me again. I looked at him and I thought, I've done everything. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't think he was talking about me, but he was talking about some other guy that he had ripped him off. But I was offended at that because I thought, well, I have done helped you out so much and you're going to say that all Christians are like that. But, you know, he, he was hurt by this other person. Therefore, you see, sometimes as Christians, we are heaven on earth, that people are, are um, offended at God, by God, because Christians have hurt them. You know, I, I remember one, one person that uh, I visited in the hospital, and first thing, you know, I told her who I was. I'm the chaplain. I come around and visit. She says, I hate preachers. <laughs> first words out of her mouth. I hate preachers. I said, okay, you're going to hell. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, but I said, well, what happened? Because I know people are hurt. So anyhow, long story short, her father had died and a preacher had come to her and told her if she'd had faith, her father would live and her father died. Then he came after her father had died and said she didn't have any faith. That's why her father died. And so she hated preachers. Hey, she had a right to hate preachers because he was totally off balance and totally out of character of what God wanted to give. And so I came back to that and so we prayed and I told her that that was not true and that, you know, uh, her father was ill, and he died because of this illness, but God was here to help her heal her wounds and to help her while she's in the hospital. So I became heaven on earth for her. And you see, that who do you think you are? This, is, this I am God's. This is his life. This, uh, this life is his actions, His word, his thoughts, these are to be his thoughts towards us and towards our future and towards others. You see, whenever we look at our life, we need to realize who owns this place. Who do you think you are? I am who owns this place. And who owns this place? Jesus. I've given my life to Christ. I've given it all to him. So he owns this. So we are caretakers, not owners. (laughs) We're caretakers of the blessings that God has given to us as individuals to use them properly, to plant the seed of the crop of who we are, the talents, the abilities we have, that we are the seed that God, the seed that God has put in our hearts is the seed that we plant, and we're the caretakers of this, field, this harvest field, this place where we plant the word of God, and all the abilities that God has given us are in here, whether it's intellectual, or whether it's physical, or you know, no matter what it is, God has given us abilities to use, and so I am his forever, and what I do, I owe to him, that he has put us in that, so let me back up a little bit, to be the person God has created me to be, I need to recognize who I am. I am his. He is mine. So, who owns this place? God does. So, the problem that hurt is that the offense does not change. Okay? The problem with hurt is the offense, the needle in the eye, doesn't change. We must change. Okay? Going back to what hurt us is going back to the museum. Why do we continue to allow the person or thing that hurt us years ago to continue to hurt us today? That's long gone. Let it go. Because what hurt us yesterday is not to control us today. But whenever we don't let go of the hurts, when we don't let go of the pain, and we build museums and we go back there and visit, I remember when. And we look at this, p- this museum and this, this display, and then we go to another display and see what happened there. You know, I love going to the Egyptian in, in Cairo and going to see the, the mummies and, you know, not my mummy, the mummy, <laughs> my little humor. But, you know, that's what was, but it's not what is, Okay. See, what is is different than what was, so don't go back there. Heaven on earth. Do not look at the surroundings to declare, this is heaven on earth. (laughs) No, this isn't. Christ in me is heaven on earth. You see, John 14 says, if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you allowing the word of God to take its place in our lives. I will talk to the Father, Jesus says, and he'll provide you another friend, another comforter, one just like me, Jesus is saying this, so that you will always have someone with you. We're never alone, we're never forsaken. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world cannot take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. It doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be in you. Isn't that something? That's John 14, 17, 15 to 17. Wow. So heaven on earth. Um, Abide in me and my words abide in you and ask what you will and it shall be done. What an atmosphere to live in. You see, don't move out of the atmosphere to say, well, I, I, you know, I got to go home after this. <laughs> you know, I got to go to work tomorrow. I we are the same person today here because we live in this same atmosphere. It goes with us. Whether we're at home or whether at work or whether we're you know, visiting with the neighbors, whether we're going to you know, a sports event or whether we're watching TV, we're the same atmosphere. You're in this world, but we're not of it. Uh, pray for one another. Confess your faults. I won't go there. We don't have many. Uh, <laughs> what's that? We don't have enough time for faults, all right? Uh, but we are to believe what God has asked of us, and the idea is to recognize we ha- we're not perfect, but we don't live with our faults. We live with our promises, no, it's not your husband or your wife. <laughs> I have to live with my fault. <laughs> no. Nah. We live with the, you know, but see God doesn't and, and you see it's the promises that help us overcome the difficulties, the faults, the failures. So pray one for another. To God where God to go, where God wants us to go, we are to surrender all of us to his will. Hmm. Heaven on earth. I am declaring that we be the same person out in the world that we are here in church. (laughs) Next scripture, Acts 17, 24 to 29. The God who made the world and everything in it, this master of sky and land, doesn't live in custom-made shrines. God doesn't live in the shrines of our past. Or does he need the human race to run errands for him? As if he couldn't take care of himself. God just wants me to do something he can't do. No, he doesn't. He makes the creatures. The creatures don't make him. God made you. Starting from scratch. He made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable. You mean all this anger and division and all that, that's, God didn't create that? Nope. He didn't create that. He made it hospitable. With plenty of time and space living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek. Is God in this or is he not in this? He doesn't play hide and seek. He's not remote. He's near. God is not remote. <laughs> just pushing the button. You know. He's not a remote. We live and move in him and can't get away from him. So things were made by him, created by God, and yes, we were created by God. He planned out our lives. God knows exactly where we're at, and he knew we'd be here, and in this situation, in these circumstances of our life, he knew it all. And guess what? He wants to, Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God, in my place of occupation, created me a clean heart. And then in Romans 12, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable. We may prove it. (laughs) Demonstrate the truth. Live the truth. The spirit of truth is in us. 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old has passed away, behold, new has come. We're not the shrine. We're not our failures. We're new. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God, your kingdom come in us right here and now in our lives. God longs to give us a glimpse of heaven and you are it. (sighs) and then 2nd Corinthians 5 probably verse 20 God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them we're speaking for Christ himself now become friends with God he's already a friend with you now pulled all those scriptures and it's like we've got a pattern here the pattern is heaven on earth heaven on earth is you Christ in you the hope of glory so in this atmosphere that we live we are free to go in and out but we know where our breath of life is it's in God And no matter where we find ourselves, God is there. Heaven on earth, heaven in earth, is us. Let's stand. (laughs) Thank you, Father. (laughs) Our Father who's in heaven, (laughs) God, we worship you. We worship your name. You know, the song we sing says, The mountains roar at the sound of his name. (laughs) You know, all hell trembles at the mention of Jesus and the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the power whereby we live and move and have our being. So, God, help us to see you more clearly to understand your ways more completely. And Lord, may our offenses, God, may we allow them to go away, that we may not step away from that which you are trying to draw us towards. So God, thank you for hearing our prayers. Empower us by your Spirit. Let the blood of Christ be upon our lives and our children in the places that we work and that the evil one have no influence. We pray for our leaders and our communities and our state and our government and our nation. God, we pray for your spirit to be upon them and the blood of Jesus Christ to cover them, that the influence of the evil one will not be there and that, God, your will be accomplished in earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Amen.